and welcome to this week's episode of Seen and Heard, Industry Updates for the Modern Dairy Family. I'm Melissa Lima, your North Coast and Organic Field Services representative, and this week we're bringing you a little bit of a shorter episode as we move into the holiday weekend. Today we're excited to welcome Tiffany LaMandola, our economist with Blimling EverAg, for a market update, and Paul Souza sits down with Darby to talk about some of the new diesel truck rules going into effect in winter of 2023. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and we wish all of you a very safe and happy 4th of July. Have a great week, and we will jump right in with Tiffany. Pacific Gas and Electric is here to remind you that signs keep you safe. Sections of our natural gas transmission pipeline travel underground and beneath agricultural land. For the safety of you, your family, and your employees, Pipeline markers are placed to indicate the approximate location of the pipe as a reminder to use extra care. Removing a pipeline marker creates a serious safety hazard. To have additional markers placed or report damaged or missing markers, please call your PG&E account manager or our Agricultural Customer Service Center at 877-311-3276. To learn more, visit www.pge.com agsafety. Remember, signs keep you safe. Hi, everybody. Well, we are here with Paul Souza, our Director of Environmental Services and Regulatory Affairs. Thanks for joining us, Paul. Yeah, sure. Always a pleasure to be here. Well, I think uh, one of the things on everybody's mind, especially after the update just went out this last week, is truck and buses. So would you mind starting us off with an update of what's going on in the truck world? Yeah, sure. I started to get some calls before I wrote that article and decided to put that article together because uh, there is a big deadline coming up uh, January of next year. And so uh, this is another great opportunity to reach out to our members and go over what's going on. So I've talked about it before. I've worked with a lot of members. Uh, the California Air Resources Board adopted this rule over a decade ago to reduce pollution from diesel trucks and buses. Uh, and the rule is complex and there's a lot to it. I'm just going to hit the highlights here. So uh, you know, don't take this podcast as uh, legal advice, uh, although I'm not a, a lawyer, but uh, I kind of like that thing from lawyers about uh, the disclaimer they've got. Uh, just going to go over some things, give you some ideas. If you've got some questions, you can call me. We can talk about your specific issues. Um, but, you know, this is just kind of uh, some ideas of in general of what's going on. So this rule requires the retiring of older diesel engines uh, and the replacement with the latest low emission diesel engines uh, based on a schedule that's written in the rule. And there's been multiple deadlines. We've crossed a bunch of them and you know, trucks have become obsolete. Uh, but this deadline that's coming up uh, in January of 2023 is uh, really a big one. Well, I think some of the producers and some of the questions I've gotten out in the field even are, does this apply to what kind of truck to clarify? Is my F-150 gonna become obsolete as we move forward? Yeah, absolutely. And the rule uh, talks about that. And um, so it's very specific. It's 14,000 pounds of gross vehicle weight rating. And so a pickup would not fall into that. You know, a Ford F-150, like you mentioned, an F-250 or an F-350 even does not fall under that, this rule. Uh, what does fall under the rule is the next size up, a uh, Ford F-450, for example, um, or um, a Chevy 4500 uh, would fall under this rule if they're uh, if they have a diesel engine. So anything that size and bigger, you know, up to, you know, uh, Freightliners, Kenworths, Max, 
uh, all of those uh, with a diesel engine fall under this rule. And that is an important thing to know. Um, that you know what falls into it and what doesn't. Uh, well, and when we're thinking about that, when is the really the deadline hard and fast going to take effect? It's January first um, of each year that that uh, new schedule goes into place. And you know, like I said, there have been trucks, uh, 2005s and 2006s, I think were retired in January of 2022. So this next January, uh, trucks from the, uh, with 2007 to 2009 model year engines, and I wanna note that I'm talking about model year of the engine, not of the truck. A lot of times the uh, truck will have an uh, engine that's one year older than the truck, but trucks with 2007 to 2009 model year engines uh, will be retired at the end of this year, uh, in, uh, starting in January of 2023. Um, the difference this time is it's not only those trucks, it's also the extensions uh, that we've been using, the ag extensions specifically, are also going to sunset at the end of this year and will not be available in January of next year. And so, you know, that's kind of a big one uh, for our, you know, farmers that have been uh, having had trucks under the ag extension, but you know, if you've got a 2008 model year truck, that truck will also expire, even if it it hasn't needed any extension because it's um, of its engine emissions. Uh, but you know, so it's it's kind of a double whammy, and there are tens of thousands of trucks that will become obsolete um, next January. And is there still some sort of exemption? I know we talked about the end of the ag exemptions, but is the low use exemption still going to be in place? Yeah, that's pretty much the only one that's going to continue. The problem with that is it's limited to a thousand miles a year. So not many trucks fit that. There are some on farms, um, you know, things, a backup feed truck sometimes uh, stays under a thousand miles a year, um, like freestall filling trucks that are just designed to fill freestalls, but it, there's not a whole lot. Uh, water trucks um, are able to stay under that thousand miles a year. Uh, so yes, the low use exempt question that I've been getting um, is about these low use trucks because it will be the only exemption that continues forward. And the question or you know, the, where we normally land on that is that only compliant trucks can be moved into the low use exemption. So uh, you have to have a truck that is in compliance today. Uh, for example, like a 2008 truck uh, is currently in compliance. You can move that to the low use exemption or if you have a truck that's in the ag extension that is compliant and been reported, uh, that truck can be moved into low use. But let's say you had a truck, um, you know, a 2002 that was in the ag extension and you didn't report an odometer reading a few years ago and you got kicked out of the ag extension, you would not be able to move that truck into the low use exemption because it is currently out of compliance. Um, if you have questions on that, you can give me a call. Uh, but a lot of the questions that I'm fielding are around, you know, that issue and how to get a truck into low use. And is there any flexibility in any parts of California for any there of these is. regulations? So, yeah, uh, you know, it's dependent on the local air quality and places that have uh, better kind of natural air quality. Um, generally tend to be lower population areas like the northern one third of the state. Uh, and so our dairies in Humboldt County and Del Norte County. Uh, and even Glen County fall into uh, something that's called a NOx exempt area. And uh, these, it's mostly the northern third of the state. And 
This allows trucks that have a diesel particulate filter uh, to continue to be operated in those areas, even if they don't use the uh, diesel exhaust fluid. Uh, they don't need to have a 2010 or newer engine. They basically need to have a 2007 or newer engine or an aftermarket uh, diesel particulate filter applied to an older truck. So there's a few of our members, like I said, mainly in those three counties that I've been talking to. Uh, the Darius and Glen County, Humboldt County, and Del Norte County are going to be able to um, have a, a, some additional flexibility on some additional trucks that they can continue to use, but they have to maintain them in those areas. They can't drive them out of that area. Um, otherwise, that NOx exempt uh, doesn't apply to them or doesn't work for them. Got it. And what can you tell us, Paul, about registration with the DMV moving forward for some of these non-compliant trucks? Yeah, so that is the enforcement. Uh, that is how the Air Resources Board, there was legislation that passed a few years ago that uh, tied compliance with this regulation to DMV registration. And so what will happen is when your truck is not in compliance and you go down to the DMV to renew the registration, DMV is going to tell you there's a lock on it from the Air Resources Board and we can't do anything about it. And we can't renew uh, your registration. That really is out of the DMV's hands. Um, the only way that, to fix that is through the Air Resources Board, but your truck has to be compliant in order for that to happen. So that's how they're going to get you um, is by not being able to renew your registration. Well, we've talked about all these trucks that are not going to be in compliance. They're not going to be able to be renewed. Where are these trucks going to go? They're going out of state uh, for the most part, and I'm hearing that. And you know, I had made the assumption that you know, hey, well, you can sell them for top dollar to a dairy in uh, Idaho or Texas. Uh, and I've been corrected by some people that uh, the people out of state know we have to get rid of these trucks, and so they're paying pennies on the dollar for them. So, yeah, they're going to dairies in Idaho or New Mexico or Texas, um, and they're getting them at fire sale prices because they know that we have to get rid of them. Uh, we can't continue to use them, and so. They're not going to pay us uh, good prices for them. At least that; those are the things I've heard. Um, these trucks will move out of state. They will continue to be used. Uh, they just can't be used in California. Well, maybe this is a good segue into a reminder for our members about buying a used truck at a smoking deal. Yep. Yeah, I've gotten several calls. People call me, hey, there's this guy selling this 2008 truck for $11,000. It's in beautiful shape you know, man, what a deal, you know, should I buy this truck? I, I've gotten that call uh, and others like it. Um, and I tell them, well, you know, here's this rule and starting next year, you can put it in low use and drive it a thousand miles a year, um, you know, or you're not gonna be able to register it. And then all of a sudden that deal, you know, I, their uh, tone of their voice kind of drops and like, oh, well, I didn't find a good deal after all. And so, uh, yeah, be aware that you're not getting stuck with one of these trucks that uh, is not, you know, going to be compliant next year and you're not going to be able to use it. In addition to your own trucks and your fleet, I'm also talking to dairies about, you know, how they can transition, what they can do um, to stay in compliance and continue to be able to use their trucks. And that leads to another uh, issue that I had a conversation with the dairy earlier this week, and that is the availability of compliant replacement trucks. Um, I've been on some conference calls with uh, folks in the ag industry, and there's some assumptions that at least on the lower side, about 80,000 trucks in California are going to become obsolete on January 1st of 2023. And the manufacturers can't, you know, even if there was the money to pay for that, that, that many trucks for replacements, the manufacturers can't deliver that, especially in this time of supply chain constraints. Um, they're just not able to 
provide the trucks that we need. And so some people are finding themselves in a bind uh, that you know they are they have all these trucks that are going to not be compliant next year. They're trying to find new or used trucks, and they're just not able to find them. Um, yeah, non-compliant trucks are you know a dime a dozen, so to speak. Uh, but compliant trucks are the difficult ones to find because there is so much demand for them, and um, you know it's not easy to get new ones. We see uh, car lots that are empty of cars, or they put cars around the outside to make it look like there's cars on there, but you look in the middle and there's nothing there. And it's the same thing with trucks uh, and the availability of those. Well, Paul, you know, as we wrap up this this podcast of trucks full of sunshine, are are there any other ARB regulations that members should know about? Yeah, uh, there are several, but there's one I want to specifically point out, and that is a smog check for trucks. Uh, so that has been adopted. Um, it's just going into effect based on timelines in the regulation. And it was to start in 2023 that trucks require a smog check, uh, just like our cars do, similar to that, a little bit different. It's not really a smog check, but um, it's to make sure that those um, emission control devices on these newer trucks are working as they were intended. They're um, you know, rather complex and finicky, uh, and the Air Resources Board wants to continue to make sure that those are working the way they left the factory. And so just something to be aware of, you know, maybe you're buying a truck, um, make sure that that, you know, smog equipment on it is working and that it's not been bypassed. Uh, because if you buy a truck, let's say you buy a 2013 truck uh, and you think, hey, I'm good with the rule, uh, but for some reason it's been tampered with and the smog uh, equipment isn't working, uh, you know, next year you may have to smog that truck and then you may be stuck with making those repairs. So uh, be aware of what you're buying and make sure that it is uh, working as expected, especially all of that uh, emission control equipment, um, that it's in place and functioning as it's intended to be. Well, thanks so much, Paul. And I'm sure as always, if any of our members have any questions, they shouldn't hesitate to reach out. Yeah, absolutely. Always happy to hear from our members and answer their questions. I have uh, spoken to quite a few of them about this, but I would be happy to talk uh, to any one of our members that uh, have questions on this. Well, thanks again, Paul. Thank you, Darby. Yosemite Farm Credit is the farmer's choice for agriculture financing. As a farmer-owned cooperative, we are dedicated to serving our neighbors in the agriculture community with financial products and services tailored to your operation and backed with the relationship you can trust. Whether you're purchasing real estate, making improvements to the dairy, or wanting to purchase or lease equipment, we're here to help our members prosper. Visit our website at yosemitefarmcredit.com to find a branch location nearest you. Hi folks, hope you had a great week. I think the two biggest stories in our dairy and grain markets this week were a little bit of another dip across corn and soybean meal. Um, Corn took the biggest step down. Looks like December is going to trade below 610 a bushel. That's down from 674 last week. USDA did come out with some corn planting estimates at 90 million acres. Those were in line with expectations. Um, but up from the March estimate. On the flip side, soybean planting registered at 88 million acres. That was down from the March report and below expectations. However, the market pretty much remained focused on weather and recession worries. Um, Like I said, 
new crop corn took the largest step down with December closing our trading below 610 on Friday of this week. Over in dairy, it was a class three market that uh, caught attention, particularly near the end of the week. You know, spot markets were higher. CME block cheddar closed at 217 and a quarter. That was up eight cents and a eight and a quarter cents. Barrels closed at 220.50, up five and a quarter cent. However, we saw a pretty big beatdown of the class three futures. Looks like third quarter is going to close down off about 85 cents week over week. Fourth quarter off about 50 cents week over week. And the losses did extend into 2023. Next week's pretty quiet on report front. We do have a holiday on Monday. And then we kick Tuesday off with another global dairy trade. So eyes will be on how that auction fares. Please reach out with any questions. Did you know that you can turn your dairy manure into cash? Bennett Environmental is offering above ground dairy digesters at no cost to you. These systems can also remove nitrates from your lagoons to help you comply with water board regulations. Our proven above ground technology will generate income for your dairy into the foreseeable future. Because we truck the renewable natural gas off site, your dairy can profit regardless of your location. Bennett Environmental, turning your wastewater liabilities into sustainable assets. Learn more at bennett-environmental.com. While West United Dairies respects the varied views of our podcast guests, please know that views expressed on Seen and Heard may not necessarily reflect the positions of the West United Dairies Board of Directors. Thank you to Western United Dairies, generous business sponsors, Gar Bennett, California Dairy Magazine, Farm Credit Alliance, FNR Ag Services, Moss Energy Works, Bennett Environmental, PG&E, and Yosemite Farm Credit. We appreciate our sponsors and thank them for their continued support. If you'd like more information on how to sponsor Western United Dairies or this podcast, please send us an email at info at wudairies.com. That's info at wudairies.com. Thanks for listening in to this week's episode of Seen and Heard, industry updates for the modern dairy family. Remember, you can always reach out to us with questions, comments, or content requests at wud.pod at gmail.com. If you have any questions for Melissa, you can reach her at mlema at wudairies.com, and I can be reached at darby at wudairies.com. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite platform and have a great and safe 4th of July weekend.